This podcast is called The Real Story About Chronic Pelvic Pain Syndromes. The following talk is about the Wise Anderson Protocol with your host, Dr. David Wise, co-author of A Headache in the Pelvis. Dr. Wise developed the Wise Anderson Protocol with Stanford urologist, Dr. Rodney Anderson. He has been treating pelvic pain in a specialized group for over 20 years. Today I'm going to talk about the internal map of the psychophysical territory that is traversed with extended paradoxical relaxation in our program for treating pelvic pain. To most patients, pelvic pain is a mysterious condition, complete with weird pain and symptoms that don't go away, pain and symptoms that often wax and wane, sometimes move from one place in the body to another. The person with pelvic pain typically experiences pain and symptoms no one else in the circle of people they know has ever had. Because pelvic pain symptoms can't be seen and can't be identified by any of the objective testing that is normally used in medicine and whose nature is not intuitively clear, most doctors do not really understand these symptoms either. What is abundantly clear, however, is that at the heart of pelvic pain disorders is the presence of sore and irritated tissue inside the pelvic floor, most noticeable in its exquisite pain and sensitivity to touch and palpation. In pelvic pain disorders, there are also painful areas related to pelvic floor pain outside the pelvic floor. In a word, pelvic pain Trigger points and sore, irritated tissue inside and outside the pelvic floor is the rule with those who are complaining about pelvic pain. Examining physicians often do not know how to examine this tissue or what to make of it. Many of our patients report that doctors they have seen will often scratch their heads and tell them that there is nothing wrong with them. Sadly, doctors will sometimes diagnose this problem as a psychiatric one or offer drugs or procedures that don't help and sometimes complicate or exacerbate the problem. As this condition can't be seen or detected by current medical technology, doctors and other practitioners necessarily must attach a concept to this condition to make sense of it and treat it. The concept about your problem determines what you or your doctor do about it. Wrong concept of a problem brings forth a treatment that cannot help the real problem. Over the years we have been treating pelvic pain, we have come to understand pelvic pain in a way that is missed by the larger group of those who treat pelvic pain. I happen to believe our concept is the closest concept to the reality of pelvic floor pain. It comes from a deep personal experience of pelvic pain and its resolution and from our group having had the advantage of treating and having observed several thousand patients over the years. Simply put, our understanding is that pelvic floor dysfunction is a kind of irritated charley horse in the pelvic floor that is caught in a cycle of tissue irritability, spasm, reflex, protective guarding, pain, and anxiety. Anxiety prompted chronic physical tightening in the pelvic floor over time, or a physical injury 
in or around the pelvis can cause what is commonly regarded in conventional medicine as an unremarkable irritation of muscle tissue in the pelvic floor. This irritated pelvic floor tissue is at the mildest end of the spectrum of disturbance occurring to human tissue. It's not cancer, infection, fungus, inflammation, contusion, edema, or necrosis. It is reversible and is caught in a web of psychophysical events that interfere with its healing. Nevertheless, what is thought of as unremarkable irritation of the pelvic floor tissue is the heart of the miserable condition of pelvic floor dysfunction. When the tissue heals up and stops being sore and irritated, pain and dysfunction resolve. The question is, why doesn't this tissue heal up like other sore and irritated tissue in the body? Our answer is that pelvic floor tissue irritation and its related pain brought about by chronic tightening triggers a reflex pelvic floor protective guarding. In other words, the pelvic floor tissue has a protective reflex to tighten up when in pain, much like an amoeba reflexively sucks in when you prick it with a needle. When pelvic tissue is sore and irritated, its reflex protective response is to tighten up and pull into itself. This reflex protective muscle guarding is dysfunctional because it increases pain, reduces blood flow, and increases protective guarding against the pain. This is all part of a dysfunctional self-feeding cycle that is triggered. In most patients we have seen, all of this typically triggers anxiety and catastrophic thinking. Thus, we describe the self-feeding cycle of anxiety producing pelvic tension, leading to tissue irritation, reflex protective guarding, pain, and increased anxiety. This cycle takes on a life of its own and is the heart of the chronic part of chronic pelvic pain syndromes. The Wise-Anderson Protocol's purpose is to give patients a way to break this cycle, enabling the healing of the sore pelvic tissue and the cessation of pelvic floor tightening under stress. We consider it essential to teach our patients to release the chronic, tissue-irritating, and painful protective guarding physically through internal and external myofascial trigger point release. Then, critically, our protocol calls for the pelvic pain patient to create a daily environment for the irritated, painful tissue to heal. This daily environment is internal involving the pelvic pain patient physically releasing the sore and painful pelvic tissue inside the pelvic floor using specialized tools we have developed. This can be called pelvic floor physical therapy self-treatment. In doing pelvic floor physical therapy self-treatment, the tightened, irritated pelvic floor can be temporarily released from its contraction. In this temporarily released state of the muscles, the sore, painful tissue is put in a kind of cast, like the cast a broken bone is put in. This cast is a nervous system cast, an internal environment 
of the body in which the sore tissue is not disturbed by the typical bombardment and immune and healing blockading forces of anxiety, protective guarding, reduced blood flow, and the onslaught of insults that ordinary activities of daily life can impose on the process of pelvic tissue healing. This is accomplished by what we call extended paradoxical relaxation. To be clear, this sore pelvic tissue is continually trying to heal in the pelvic pain patient. These attempts at healing occur in fits and starts, for example, with a good night's sleep, hot baths, daily stress-free time reclining. But these periods of time that support the healing of the tired and chronically irritated tissue of the pelvic floor are routinely short-lived. In general, the pelvic pain patient in the course of daily life cannot provide sufficient ongoing nervous system quiet and protection from the irritating bumps and grinds of normal daily life to permit the irritated sore pelvic tissue to heal up. As an example, as soon as a good night's sleep begins, the healing process for the sore tissue in the morning, the pelvic pain patient is back to the normal grind of daily life and their typical level of anxiety, all of which interferes with the painful tissue becoming normal and pain-free as it once was. It is in the service of providing the painful pelvic floor tissue with a kind of cast, an undisturbed environment to heal up, that we teach our patients extended paradoxical relaxation. There is a large literature on the effect of anxiety upon health, wound healing, and the general ability of the immune system to do its work to maintain and restore health to the organism. Here I want to describe three levels of the inner terrain of nervous system arousal one regularly passes through when doing extended paradoxical relaxation and moving from normal waking consciousness to the healing chamber, the zone one brings one's body into that supports the healing of sore pelvic tissue. It is useful to talk about three levels of the inner territory one traverses in practicing extended paradoxical relaxation for pelvic pain. It is always a challenge to use words to discuss levels of consciousness and body awareness that are very subtle. In some meditation traditions, the instructions and description of these subtle experiences are called fingers pointing to the moon. The best words can do is to point to the experience. They are not the experience. Without some ability to introspect, it will be difficult to understand these descriptions of the inner states that one passes through to get into the quiet state in which the body is most able to heal. So here's level one. I call level one the level of normal tension, guarding, nervous system arousal we live in. It is a default state we inhabit. We walk around, we go to the store, get into a car, sit at a desk, and our inner nervous system engine is going at a speed we tend to regard as normal. I'm going to call this normal everyday experience of nervous system arousal, level one. 
When you have pelvic floor pain, you usually operate in this level of discernible tension, of level one tension and arousal. A pelvic pain patient will often, though not always, feel a tightness in the pelvic floor that never seems to relax despite all attempts to relax it. When you begin doing concerted and serious practice of calming yourself down using extended paradoxical relaxation to put the pelvis in a state of healing, you practice letting go of effort, letting go of guarding, letting go of the default level of tension you are used to. In following the instructions of our relaxation program, you let go of effort. You momentarily drop out of level one and relax down into what I will call here level two. Level two is the state of maximum voluntary relaxation. If you were able to say to yourself, relax and follow this instructions, you will probably feel a sensation of slight easing, releasing, letting go, dropping down in your body. This sensation of slight easing, relaxation, effortlessness is a sensation no different than hot or cold, except it is quieter, more subtle, and easily overlooked. If someone did not direct your attention to pay attention and cultivate awareness of entering the state in which these sensations exist, you would normally ignore or hardly notice these sensations and the psychophysical state in which they exist. Nevertheless, these sensations are the sensations of the release of effort, the non-contraction of muscles. In level two, you drop below level one's default nervous system tension guarding into this slightly less tense but often not particularly satisfying or remarkable state of slightly increased relaxation, which is level two. This is a state that represents the most you can let go of, the most you are able to relax in any one moment when you ask yourself to relax. This happens to be a state that is experienced temporarily when one relaxes to permit urination. During urination, you must relax in order to permit urination to occur. This relaxation recruits the brief level 2 relaxation of the rest of the body. During this brief relaxation during urination, there may be a very slight and momentary reduction, but certainly not a profound or lasting reduction in pelvic pain. And then it comes right back, of course. During extended paradoxical relaxation, it takes earnestness and intention to repeatedly relax down into the second level, down from the first level, in order to more or less abide in level two. At first, the slightest thought can distract the neophyte out of level two. At the beginning of the extended paradoxical relaxation session, practitioners drop down for a moment into level two, and then they pop right back up into their default level one level of arousal. 
this occurs over and over again, moving out of level two and then deliberately moving back into it by redirecting attention back into sensation over and over again is what eventually allows the practitioner to rest in level two. This can take one, two, three hours at first. And this long period of time and being able to rest in level two occurs at the beginning, typically, of extended paradoxical relaxation practice. And then there is level three, profound relaxation, what I call the healing chamber. Level three is something that my teacher Edmund Jacobson, who developed the method called progressive relaxation, implied in cultivating relaxation of what he called residual tension. Residual tension is the tension that doesn't easily relax, the level of tension that exists below level two. The level below level two is the level of deep nervous system quieting, of deep, profound stillness. I consider this state the healing chamber, the psychophysical state in which the sore and irritated tissue of the pelvis is able to heal. Level three is not something that you can demand to enter, order up, or easily control. Entrance to this state is not obvious and requires a sensibility and practice during relaxation of surrender, non-resistance, non-demanding, giving up attachment to an outcome, patience, and perseverance. Level three, inner quiet, comes to those who paradoxically practice accepting the incomplete an often unsatisfying relaxation level of level two until they are then ushered into this often extraordinary experience of level three. It is the state that occurs when we don't try to manhandle our attention into relaxation or try to beat our pain out of existence. Level three is the deepest level of our experience of no effort. It is the psychophysical context in which healing, both physical and psychological regeneration and restoration occur. Below is a description of this territory. So I'm going to summarize the three levels here. Level one can be called the normal default level of tension guarding nervous system arousal. It is the normal level you experience yourself to be in when you're interacting with others, working at your job, driving a car, talking on the phone, going to the bank. It is a state of alertness, the state of being on, of socially appropriate responsiveness to others and the environment. It is a default state you enter when waking up from sleep. It feels like normal, everyday reality. It is generally the state you function in. While the level of relaxation is dynamic in this state, in general, level one is rarely a relaxed state. When you have pelvic pain, this is the state that the pain often gets worse in as the day goes on. When you have pelvic floor pain, you usually operate in this state with discernible tension. 
Level one is the psychophysical state that you exist in when you are involved in normal discursive thinking. And then there's level two, which is the state of relaxation you can experience by complying with the instruction you give yourself to relax. This is the state you enter in when you ask yourself to relax. Brief experiences of this level is normally unremarkable, and if someone were not to point out the experience of dropping down into this level, you would probably not take much note of it. When you say to yourself, relax and follow your own instructions, this is the sensation of slight easing, releasing, letting go, dropping down. The physical location of these sensations in your body can be felt in various places and can change over time. This state is below the level one state in terms of being in a reduced level of nervous arousal into a slightly less tense but often not particularly satisfying state of increased relaxation. This is the state of the body one temporarily drops down into during urination. There is typically little to no change in pelvic pain when first dropping down into level two, even though it is quieter than level one. And then there's level three. This is the state of profound relaxation that is not able to be accessed by insisting that it occur or by using the normal methods of attempting to calm oneself down. In other words, there's no quick, easy, or simple entrance to this state. Entrance to this state is not obvious and requires a sensibility and practice during relaxation of surrender, non-resistance, non-demanding, giving up attachment to an outcome, patience and perseverance, and cultivation of successfully focusing one's attention. It takes time. Level three is the deepest level of no effort. It is the deepest level of prolonged no effort. It is the psychophysical context associated with healing, physical and psychological regeneration and restoration. And again in yoga, this is sometimes called the state of samadhi. For more information, go to our website, www.pelvicpainhelp.com. Thank you.